0: or by contacting me directly, Damon, at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I am your host, Damon Pistolka, and I am super excited for someone I have been waiting a long time to have on the show today. I've got with me today, we've got Paul Daniels Jr. from Peripheral Thinking, the man that teaches people how to be disruptors. And we're going to be talking today about how to become the disruptor, not the disrupted. Thanks for being here, today, Paul. Uh, Dave
1: Paul. My pleasure. Longtime watcher and listener, first time guest. Thank you.
0: Oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm looking through your stuff. I mean, I love people that intentionally want to be disrupting. The business, what's they're in, and and just making things different, and, and let's get started, man. Yeah. Thanks. So, we always like to start out with you telling us a little bit about how you got where you are today. What really, you'll know, learn more about you and your journey here.
1: Yeah, sure. So I faked it, and everything that's on my LinkedIn post or my profile is an absolute lie. So I'm really nobody. I just worked my way into. Getting- on your show. uh Got to get a little fun out before we get <laughs> yeah, started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, gosh, where I got today, I'll make it short, but I uh, grew up, uh we moved a lot. I'm in the 27th house I've lived in since I was born, so I had to learn how to read people in new environments. My dad used to say, you know, you can love something here, you can hate something here. It's your choice, but we're here. Yeah. Yeah. So throughout that, you know, that journey, I also was labeled with some not so pleasant uh, uh, titles like lazy stupid the uh, daydreamer outsider and of course moving from school to school didn't help went to university that actually started to follow me into my professional career started my first company sold it when i was started in my late 20s sold it before i was 30. Um, by age 39 i'd climbed several corporate ladders and had generated about 1.2 1.3 billion dollars in new revenue for companies and clients and Uh, And I was still I was an executive and I was still an outsider like, Paul, we like your ideas and we love the results, but we don't get you because you're not like everybody else that's sitting around. Yeah, true. But here I am. Age 40, I was diagnosed with dyslexia Mm -hmm. when our daughter was diagnosed and a light bulb came on for me. And I thought, oh, okay." a lot of things started to fall into place. And now I had this language that described the, these innate super skills, they call them, that dyslexics are born with innately and dyslexia isn't necessarily a disease or or a a disability. It's just a learning difference. We learn things differently, but because of that, our brain is also wired differently. That was the, the genesis. That was the beginning of me recognizing how I had been helping clients and companies, and fast forward to today, and I've helped clients in 31 industries, 27 countries, uh, and we've achieved a number of things, new market pet, uh, penetration, massive um, uh, market share, two and a half billion dollars in annual new annual revenue, all of that doing this dyslexic thing now translated for neuro, neurotypical people into peripheral thinking. So you don't have to be dyslexic to be super successful, though many of the successful people that I could list off, you'd be maybe surprised that are dyslexic, but um, they are and they're innovators. They're the disruptors, not the disrupted.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is interesting. When we talked about this before, I I was thinking on this. So how do you think that the, the dyslexia really helps you in in what you do
1: so depending on what study you look at and there's a lot of them there are 18 19 skills and across six categories and the world economic forum every two years puts out their uh, future of jobs report and over the last four reports they've been pointing to the set of cognitive skills that are in the highest demand unfortunately there's the fewest number of people in the workforce, with those skills to fill the demand of those skills, eighty percent of them are found innately within dyslexics. So, oh, okay. uh, you, you may or not may or may not know it, but you know, look at innovation throughout history. Dyslexics are there; they raise the bar for their profession and create new professions. Henry Ford, Edison, JFK, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brokovich, Barbara Corcoran, Richard Branson, Muhammad Ali, Kobe Bryant. List goes on. Walt Disney, it's just, it goes on and on. All innovators, all dyslexic. The difference is that as a dyslexic in the education system, we have to cheat. Now, not cheat, cheat, but we have to find ways to learn that conventional views and traditional approaches don't resonate. Mm-hmm. so i'm having i'm looking at the teacher i'm looking at other students i'm looking at where what page are they on I'm looking around the room to pick up cues what in the heck are they reading what are how can i learn we also are born just with this innate ability to visualize um it's medically proven we have a broader peripheral vision <laughs> who knew which is part of the reason i call it peripheral thinking yeah we see more we see more of the periphery and what we see in the periphery is clearer than most people. So we can pick up cues that other people aren't even noticing. I can pick up a cue in my periphery and know something's happening and be prepared for that before it ever gets to me. Now you take that physically and make it more theoretical or a business approach. I can see changes that are coming before they become trends. I can prepare before Uh, something happens in order to innovate before that happens beyond something that does happen. Um, So some think about it as like lateral thinking, and that's Mm -hmm. true. There is lateral thinking, but peripheral thinking goes beyond that, especially as a dyslexic, we go beyond the just seeing things from different angles. We go way into the periphery and learn from that and bring it back. And we go back Mm -hmm. into the periphery, which take us to another step and another step and another step and bring all of that stuff back. And we store it mentally. Our brain is our secret database of wisdom. And what we see in here always reminds us of something else. So doing that and being exposed to a number of industries allows dyslexics or people that learn peripheral thinking to connect seemingly unrelated ideas and thoughts and Uh and solutions and combine those in unique ways to do things no one else has done.
0: Wow. Wow, That's really something. Was that too long? Uh, I'll try it. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't too long. I'm just trying to think because it's so give me an example if you can of how this works. works. Sure. Okay. Okay. So um, if you're doing, if you're
1: watching this now, uh, and and you're not driving, then we're going to do like a three minute exercise. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So here's what we're going to do. There's only two rules to this exercise. The first is that you need to bring your imagination. And the second is you need to follow my lead. Okay. So we're going on an unconventional journey. Imagine that you're standing in a mountain field, a large mountain field covered with wildflowers The sun is warm on your face. Air, it's crisp and cool. It's early summer. And as you look out onto that mountain field, bam, right in front of you is the biggest challenge you've ever faced, okay? And it's like rising like a monolith out of the flowers. So take a hand and put it in front of your face. Don't cover your eyes completely. Just put it in front of your face. Awesome. Damon's watching, but all the rest of you, okay, you better be doing this too. Okay, cool. So you can't see what's right in front of you, but what can you see? Well, you can move your eyes up, down, left, right. In fact, Mm -hmm. right where you are, look around and find something that you haven't noticed before. Okay, anything, mark on the wall, shadow. Okay, you can take your hand down. You got it? Cool. So this is my home office, been my home office for 20 years. And the light's coming through the blinds right here in a really unique way. So that's what I saw. So you may not know all the details of what you noticed, but you can acknowledge that it's there, right? That's peripheral Mm -hmm. vision. Now look at that thing that you noticed in your periphery. What was uh, in your periphery is a little clearer because you're looking at it. You get a little bit more detail, right? Mm -hmm. That's peripheral awareness. So imagine because we're looking at that object in the mountain field, imagine that you move to the right, say 100 yards. I move to the mm-hmm. right 100 yards. What does this new vantage point uncover about my challenge, that monolith? Well, you get some more details, maybe the size and its depth, and so on. And, and you can continue that journey around the obstacle back to your original starting point in a circle. You take your team with you. Mm-hmm. That's a 360 degree review, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Common. But your view of that challenge is still from your perspective perhaps filtered through your team's set of professional experiences mm-hmm. so from that position, say hundred yards to the right. Instead of looking at your challenge this time, this, this time look around now, what can you see? Well, likely there are other objects, maybe different terrain. And there are, there are people, but those people, yeah. they're not part yeah. of your team or your company, your industry, your network. And they're not looking at your challenge. They're looking at their own challenge. Yes. Those people have their own approaches and processes to overcoming challenges, to, to achieving goals, to exceeding goals. Their experiences may be just what you need to see your challenge from a new alternative perspective using a different reference. Going into that periphery, I learn something from that individual, break it into its elements, and now I have the ingredients to apply whenever, wherever, however I choose. Building that repository, I called Peripheral Resource Library, is is the jam. That is what makes it all work because you add the skills to that, how to use the information, how to analyze, how to visualize, how to to create, uh, to communicate, to, uh, uh, postulate to, you know, it goes on and on, right. These different skills, mm-hmm. digging in and making it work. I had a client in the healthcare industry, very long story, but short calls me from vacation in Hawaii and says, Oh my gosh, I got it. I finally get what you're talking about. I got this text from the hotel thanking me for coming and I want to do the same thing for patients in my hospital. Now this was 2010 texting was around. Yeah but not in the healthcare industry. You can thank Jennifer Johnson and you can thank me if you like, but we started that in 2010. She literally brought it back from Hawaii and said, this is what we're gonna do because our patient satisfaction scores are going down. We wanna communicate with them while they're here, not just the nurses. We wanna Mm -hmm. give them a voice. Tell the people that are with them, hey, if you're staying overnight, here are the hotels nearby. Here are the restaurants nearby. Here's the bathroom locations on the floor that you're on. Here's where the cafeteria is. Here are the hours. Here's when the doctor's coming next, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Yeah. She's now the chief patient experience officer for 12 hospital healthcare system. She was the director of patient engagement in 2010. <laughs> so she's yeah, she's sure. grown quite a bit. Yes. Does that make sense? Does that give you some yeah, examples?
0: Yep. It does. It does. And it's it is very interesting, though. You make the you make the point of how. Someone else's uh, solution or approach to a, a completely different challenge, completely different industry can be so relevant in what we're doing in our own today or where we're at today. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah.
1: hundred yeah. yeah. percent. We see it's pretty it all crazy. The time, and you see that, Damon. I mean, the work that you do with your clients, they're not just in one industry. And even if, even if, when we take manufacturing, right? Mm-hmm. Manufacturing is not a vertical. It's like a, a huge t- tube, right? Yeah. There's so many. There's discrete and process and
0: all these different things that that are special. Yeah. Right. So many differences I, I, across any any of them, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. right. You could be working with liquids. You could be working with solids. You could be working with different kinds. It could be big, small, absolutely. different. Yeah.
1: It's absolutely. And yet, I can show you how a baker in Bulgaria connects with a steel mill in Spain. Yeah. How a movie theater in Malaysia is relevant to a distribution center in Denver. How, though we all had a parent or a grandparent that did that, you are special. You're a one of a kind, you're unique. We take that into our businesses and we go, well, look, not anybody can solve this because you really need to know what we do. Okay, what you do is make money, save money and mitigate risks. That's what you do. Yep, yep. So if I can help you see how someone else in fintech, in software, uh, in travel and leisure, in healthcare does that really well the elements are there why
0: wouldn't you want to apply that to your business yeah yeah there's so many things that's just the the, the peripheral thinking as you as you call it is so relevant because you can these these things and the nice thing about them is it could be used like your example of in the hotel and then bring it into healthcare it's revolutionary in healthcare at that point. Right. And it's Eight. And, and you you can be the crazy one. And that's awesome because you're out there leading the pack. And like you said, that's how you become the disruptor, not the disruptive, because you're right. you're keeping your eyes open, as you say, in the periphery, seeing what's happening that I can yeah. apply to what I'm doing today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at, at
1: agile. And you apply that to the ER, or they call it ED department, the mm-hmm. emergency department at a hospital. Yeah. You'll see dissimilarities, absolutely. Or you think they got them? Well, as a consultant, maybe perhaps like me, that didn't say. Well, you know, this is actually from the seventies. It's MRP before it was MRP two, and we're just applying the principles of a good uh, a good um, value chain. Yeah. this is supply chain. I'm I'm just applying that. And I'm applying, you know, um, uh, rapid development team methodology, and uh, a little bit of uh, political communication, all of that to help you do your job better, faster, smarter, with more revenue, more income, less expense, and mm-hmm. no risk. Yeah, like no risk. I mean, how risky was it for the hospital to take that technology and apply it. No, no. I mean, we had HIPAA and all that. We had to uh, make sure that we were keeping things private, but it was there. It yeah. took less than 90 days to to
0: implement it. And
1: boom. Off it goes.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Well, we have, uh, John, he dropped a comment, gave him a little pat on the back. That's good. <laughs> good for him. And, right on. Always good to see it. And then, um, Henry, he dropped a rather long comment, but yes, I agree. He's got a, he got a bit to say there. Um, several right. steps to follow. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, you gotta, you gotta, this is the thing that I always say, <laughs> I guess, you know, I, I bet you love this when you're going into places and you go, well, this is how we've always done it. That, that to you has got to be a, like, okay. <laughs> I, I walk up and I go, Oh, this
1: is awesome this is going to be so great for you. It's going to hurt a little bit, but it's going to be so great when you realize this right now, anybody that's listening, dyslexic, neurotypical, uh, business owner, first time, third time, ready for an exit, not quite ready right now. You can access everything you need to achieve anything that you can imagine right now and I'm no preacher, I'm not selling snake oil. Right now, you can access everything you need to achieve anything you can imagine. When you know where and how to look, that's it. Where to look is everywhere. How to look is kind of with an open peripheral thinking mind. And there's lots of skills that go with that. In fact, the mountain field that we did, that's called interpreting. That's an interpreting skill. It takes information from the periphery and interprets it in new ways so that it can be combined with other things, the elements can be added together to use as a filter, to see your future through, to use as a tool to overcome a challenge. You've got access to everything you need. The elements for everything that the world needs already exist. I mean, I'm not trying to be like uh, uh woo-woo and esoteric, but an it's atom true. is an atom. You don't have to create an atom. It exists. Yes. Dirt exists. It's the combination of these things that already exist that are fascinating that create what we enjoy today. It, the space program, right? Mm-hmm. No, nobody said, that. <laughs> JFK says, hey, 1961, we're going to put a place, a person on the moon by the end of the decade. The conventional wisdom people were like, they passed out. Yeah, they were in the corner, no. drooling on themselves. They had no what to do to do with that statement peripheral thinkers said let's get to it and nasa cast this net and asked every industry around the world give us your ideas we're taking them oh and by the way nasa actively recruits dyslexics about 50 of nasa is dyslexic just so you know that's cool so they pull them all in july 16 1969 land a person on the moon so what does that mean to us today well do you like solar panels came from that Water filters, running shoes, I can go on. There's hundreds and hundreds of byproducts from that interpreting skill that we we do today.
0: The elements were already there. It was just the application. That's a great point because... You're bringing the the example of NASA, but it is applying these same elements in other areas. Like you talked about agile, right? Agile is a, a reincarnation of other things, but right. now you see agile being also used in other industries outside of software to make their their performance better. Or you see, like right. you say, the texting moving into other areas, and and even even things like that everybody talks about now is AI and how AI is really using AI in somewhat innocuous places where you go, why would you ever use it there? And you go, wow, that's, that's crazy. Cool. Right. And
1: AI has been around for decades. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's it's just now like, wow, look at this new technology. And those that have been involved in it are like, Oh, so we're the cool kids now, right on yeah it's been around for a long time it's just now being put in a way that is easy more easily acceptable or accept accessible yeah for more people yeah yeah but it's been there for ever because it's mathematics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mathematics have been around since you could count
0: yeah yep
1: yeah yeah, yeah it's, that's it's so much fun i'm having the time of my life and i just hope god lets me stay on this earth longer because I've got 100,000 executives to uh, to share peripheral thinking with by the end of 2025 and a million by the end of 2030. Those are my big goals.
0: 100,000 2025. Yep. Good. And I'm right yeah. at about 15,000
1: this there you first go. year. So I started just this year, um, but got plans for
0: 2024 to uh, to ramp and 2025. Yeah, big, 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 big There stuff. you go. There you yep. go. We got John Worthington. His research is the underpinning of resourcefulness. Yep. You got to, you got to know before you can do that's for sure. The And can I just oh, comment on that very briefly,
1: Damon? Yes. Yes. Do Here, the research. Um, uh, and that's John. Hey, John, do you go to a coffee shop ever? So if you do, there are lessons there. You don't have to go to Hawaii though I like to tell people that the best ideas are in Hawaii just to give them a chance to go. But yeah. Fred's Coffee Shop around the corner, the guy that I meet in the hardware aisle, Mike, at my local Home Depot, I learn stuff from them all the time that I can break down and go, oh, that principle applies to what my client was talking about just yesterday. Huh, how about that? I can use that. So that's the how to look, where to look. The where to look is truly
0: everywhere 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 yeah it it is so and sometimes in my experience and i'm not practice as you some of the simplest things you see happening somewhere else are such an eloquent solution to a a very difficult problem some in another situation right
1: I, i i just thought of one have you ever watched um Uh, uh, servers at a pretty busy, but still high end restaurant going through the doors Mm -hmm. and how they move almost choreographed. They know how to move their bodies and use the space. How do, do we make it that simple and elegant for our clients to work with us that they know what door to come in, that we're coming out and that we're making room for them. Right. That's just that truly right off the top of my head from what you wow, said. Yeah.
0: Right?
1: Yeah. That's a principle and that can be applied. And so study a little bit more about how do they do that? Well, is it experience? It's, it's just common sense. How do they get to that point? Now I've got the the true principles I can apply to, uh, to my business. Mm-hmm.
0: So as you're looking forward to 2024, Mm-hmm what are one, what's, what's one thing that you're like, man, this has really got me excited.
1: I have a, I have a friend of mine who has been a national geographic explorer for decades. And she studied, she has a PhD in social anthropology. Wow. Studying anthropologically the societies especially those that are, um, didn't have like a written language, but are still alive. Amazonians and uh, Mm -hmm. live on the oceans and stuff. And, and she has this repository over decades of meeting with these people of their, their words of wisdom, their truths, their ability to see things and apply different uh, approaches to different situations. So that along with, with Google and, you know, their search engine and now AI, I'm, I'm excited about the possibility of applying this peripheral resource library matrix as a way to allow more people to access this wisdom and contribute to it. Wow. Right? It, it certainly yes. plays along that um, the AI realm, but it it's focused primarily on conclusions and categories and things. That allow people to, to really wrestle with some of the biggest challenges that we as a world face, using the wisdom from centuries, centuries and centuries, maybe millennia.
0: Yeah, yeah, right? that's so cool. That's so cool because yeah, you can, trial. yeah we we put it together and apply. Yeah. Sure, this this is the thing that that amazes me when you really think about AI is it doesn't forget, right? And and I think that one of the things that we do throughout life is we we forget so much that would be relevant in, in the situation right now that AI can help us keep that memory and then that knowledge and then apply it right in the situation where you need it. And the application that you're talking about would be so cool because... You could go, okay, this is from the Vikings or whatever it is. And this is the great thing to do right in this situation because they found it very successful. Yeah. Uh, and we as yeah. human beings have a
1: lot more lessons in us than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. Uh, when I work with clients and, and, um, executive teams, one of the first things we talk about is a fond memory from their youth and they have no idea why we're doing that. So. I'm not going to tell any more because there may be some clients clients on the call. But in essence, it's conjuring up a memory. And I show them how that memory has principles that they can apply like now. And within three or four minutes, they've already created an entry for their peripheral resource library. And within weeks, they've got thousands. And I'm not talking about spending all day doing it. They feed off of each other. And as a group, they start to feed. And- we're not talking about paragraphs. We're talking about just sound bites that mm-hmm. remind them of what that was. And as, in essence, it allows them to say, well, we're trying to do this. What other examples do we have of, of achieving that kind of mm-hmm. you know, objective? And how did we, how did other people get there? Even if yeah. it was learning to ride your bicycle, there's principles there
0: that can be used to achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's so cool. Yeah. So when you're working with people doing this and you're really helping them tap into this and learn how to, you know, really put things together this way. What are some of the things they come back and say to you? I didn't know I knew so much.
1: And I and I didn't realize how much I was missing. by by discounting the experiences and other industries. You know, that conventional wisdom and industry best practices are often defined by that industry's leaders and experts. It's always well-intentioned with a guide for following these best practices. But without a broad set of experiences, that can also be advice that's from narrow perspectives.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right it's and it sets organizations up to be disrupted following following unchallenged convention you risk being marginalized in some cases becoming irrelevant Mm -hmm. to avoid that it's expanding that and giving all experiences equal voice i'm not saying make it loud and crazy in your head you can't think straight it's just being aware that There are more things out there for us to learn and use. And when we do, we give them value. And that's that's what these they they come back and say. I didn't realize that that my striving to be the best person, best company, applying these uh, best practices was going to put me right in the middle of the pack and make me a target for the next disruption. And would actually weaken my ability to adapt or better yet to plan ahead of see in advance the coming disruption and be on the other side of it when it hits or in the best case, be the one that creates the disruption that others must respond to.
0: Mm -hmm. That is a position that most business people, if they knew how it was, would want to be there. That's for sure.
1: Yes, and I'm I'm so proud of the companies that I've worked with and their ability to do that and to continue to do that. And it's a little bit of a secret mm-hmm. on their behalf. Yeah. Yeah. And they understand too that the time for secrecy is over. Paul's going all in, <laughs> 100,000 by the end of 2025, a million by the end of 2030, because everyone needs this ability because the disruption will be more frequent, more dramatic than what we've even seen in the last three, four years. That's nothing compared to what will come. Mm-hmm. So prepare now or respond later. Your choice.
0: So wise advice right there. Because Yeah, for a is. guy that's so young. I mean,
1: I'm only 42. So...
0: <laughs> yeah it's it, it and it's it this is the thing. you've taken this to a level where you can actually enable business professionals to really think about and apply what they probably already know or have seen in their situation now that will radically change their business yes. and their success and and and, and their lives. Um,
1: without disrupting them in a way that is, uh, untenable and unsustainable.
0: Yeah. It yeah. is,
1: it is a radical, it is a, it is a radical change that is simple to apply. It's a mind shift and you're off and running. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that's just it. Because once you learn and you learn how to incorporate perspective, I'm sure that it gives, gives people that it's, it's kind of like having, having a good tool set. Right. I can fix things yes. so easy when I've got a good tool set. And when you don't, kind of tough. But so as you look forward, so you're gonna get a hundred thousand people by twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty four has to be an exciting year for you.
1: <laughs> you can only imagine. I've I've just given up sleep. So I'm not yeah. sleeping until I'm in you know, 2025 and I'll rest in January of 26.
0: There you go. There yeah. you go. Well, that yeah, 24 be, is going to be great. You're getting a nice nap after that. So the <laughs> if, if people want to uh, talk with you about this, where's the best place for them to get a hold of you? Not that I want to sure. stop our conversations, but I just think I want to put yeah. that in here right now. Yeah, yeah,
1: sure. Uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn, Paul Daniels JR. And yeah. um, the profile picture looks kind of like this. So there you it's kind of easy to match it up um or you can also go to peripheralthinkers.com which is also pauldanielsjr.com and there you'll yeah. see a bunch of stuff i'll also say that it is under construction it's um, a facelift has been long time coming <laughs> yeah. and i know the elements now it's the execution
0: yeah very good very good so as as you're looking forward and and we talk about you talked about some of the things that that are exciting you right now. What are some of the things that you believe can happen if people utilize peripheral thinking appropriately in their lives and business beyond disruption? Right, because we all talk about that, but when we talk about solving some of these bigger issues that we talk about that the today, like engaging people and being better leaders or, or having, you know, people that have more fulfillment in their, in their lives and their work, what are some of the, you know, just the core issues that you think we can help to solve with appropriate thinking? Well, I, the
1: first is that as, uh, as a leadership team embraces it and starts to talk about, the direction of that company to the staff, there's going to be a couple of hands that, that raise up and go, I'm, I really understand what you're talking about. Okay, so those are your dyslexics. Okay. Those are the people that, that get you. So it begins to change the culture, not in a forceful way, but in a, an organic way. Because this is discovery. This is sharing new things with people and everyone learns. So it starts to change the culture from um, task oriented and and specific um, uh, business process kind of approach. Mm -hmm. That doesn't go away. It adds in a new layer of experiences. People start bringing their thoughts and ideas from outside the work into the work. It makes it richer, more engaging, and drives more innovation, growth, um, efficiencies, and so on. So that's that's a, a basic thing. Where I see organizations that apply peripheral thinking, they become very quickly the, the thought leaders in that industry and go and become thought leaders in very new industries for that company because they start to see what other Organizations that are considered disruptors from outside the industry go and see within their own organization, their own industry. Yeah, gosh, they they don't they don't do agile, really. I mean, they they haven't applied X, Y, and Z. Gosh, we've mm-hmm. been doing that for two decades. We can take that industry over. So they start to see that, and that then triggers what will come next. That starts to give them the foresight, mm-hmm. the challenges that we face in the next decade will be unlike anything we've seen. However, like all time, when change happens, there are some people that do more than just come up with a fix, they're they're already beyond that change. They innovate. There's others that go headlong into it, muscle their way through, coming out the other side, like, woo, we did it, we adapted. But it's not sustainable. I'm gonna have to do it again. And then some just pretend that it doesn't even have exist, and you know their walls crumble around them. Mm -hmm. As more apply peripheral thinking, there's more positive disruption in that we're gathering more collective knowledge and more collective experiences from all industries to make to to rise the efficacy and the productivity, the reach, the success of all. Companies in all industries. When you do that, as soon as that happens, and I've seen this dozens of times, the executives engage and then they see this and they recognize, wow, we we solved a problem that almost nobody could solve. What else can we solve? Yeah. And the people that are part of the peripheral thinking community start saying, okay, I'm going to give a week of my year up, and I will take on any challenge from the world with others from peripheral thinking and other groups. So it becomes the think tank where people go to say, how do we get more wells in in Africa? How do we get cleaner water? How do we really press the the envelope on how quickly we can turn this uh, climate change around? How can we do that? The elements already exist. Everything we need to to achieve, all of these things are already there. It's just how we come together to apply it. So I I start to see a global community of, of thought leaders that are influencing um, the health and wealth of uh, the well-being of the, the world in a way that's not uh, monetarily uh, driven,
0: but yeah. um, reaps the benefits in, you know, tenfold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just a mic drop moment right there. We just need to soak that in a minute. That was that was that was that was something, man. Because that's twenty thirty. That's my twenty thirty. You, you brought it all together right there because you know what we what we thought yesterday got us here today, but what we have to think today to get us a different place tomorrow and the day after that differently to get us to where we really need to be after that is is needs change. His needs change. You can see it. I mean, let's, right. let's be, let's be in your 42 years. You've seen enough to understand
1: God that we you. need
0: some change, right? We need some change. We right. need some people that actually are thinking because, and, and yeah. I have too, it's, it, it's where we do. And I, 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 I had no idea we were going to go down this path with this, but this is really something because when you think about if we truly want to make a difference in the world and, and people, and, and, and as much as Gen Z's are are more concerned about, it, it seems like now until they get a little older, we'll see, but you know, it's, they're more concerned about how they fit in and culture and, and these kind of things, but really taking a look at this, as you're saying from the periphery and using peripheral thinking, we can create entire organizations and then groups of new groups of leaders that are thinking this way, that are thinking at a much broader level to really solve some of these big problems from a much different level.
1: A hundred percent. had a client speak with me just uh, two months ago about um, the process that they use when someone new comes in uh, and, and they've got a, a mentor, if you will. And I said, that's terrific. What's the mentor's job? Mentor's job is to share how you do, how the company does business to the new person. And I said, that's okay. That's, I understand that. What if we did this? That person that's new has about six months before they're fully indoctrinated Mm -hmm. in your company's culture. Where did they come from? Well, right out of university. Awesome. Fresh meat. Their brain is what you need to challenge what you've been doing. Yeah, give them the 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 right to ask why. And yes, the mentor is going to help them. Uh, you know, navigate um, a corporate the corporate red tape. Well, yes, is, oh, it's, that's important. Absolutely, you need yes. to know your way around. But you don't want to stymie any ideas or experiences that they have. And as the, the young person comes in, then the, the, the mentor says, well, you know, I remember when I joined the company and it was different then. And I remember when I was in university and now there isn't, we're just like this. Yeah. yeah. So there's no gen. Peripheral thinking is is non-generational. It's generationally agnostic. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. Everybody has experiences. Everyone has something to contribute and everyone has something to learn
0: yes yeah and that's that's the thing I think that is a, a key point and a great example of what this can really change because of valuing all these different perspectives and really understanding how they can work together in different situations is going to be game-changing it's going to uh, be
1: awesome
0: yeah it's been well, awesome.
1: it's going yeah. to be even
0: more awesomer <laughs> yeah, more awesomer. well John thinks you could drop another con uh another comment in here. He, he's he's talking about uh he's talking about chat and so can't get chat GP divided by zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. You know, chat is just as good as the people that de- are developing it right now. And and I don't think that we're quite ready for what it what it couldn't fully do. Uh but then we got Henry Henry dropped another one too. he's talking about building strong partnerships. To expand our reach and influence. Yeah. And that, this, this, uh, I tell you the peripheral thinking, if if people aren't, if if they aren't looking at this now in their industry, I don't care what industry it is. I mean, we can go into old, old, old industries and go, this is probably where you need it the most. Uh, Just because it's, it's ready to there because there will be, I mean, look at how many industries have been up, upended because someone didn't think, that, oh, yeah, we would we would never we would never want to have all this information at our fingertips or something. You know, why would you need all that? Yeah. This,
1: why would I program from? something for the year 2000? I mean, yeah, yeah where, <laughs> we don't. Hey, think... what? I don't even know what that means.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can't even think of that <laughs> a Two letter yeah. year dates. So. But anyway, right. it's 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 interesting how these things are going to evolve and it's awesome getting to talk to you today, Paul, about this because it gets me excited for the future and your goal of, of helping 100,000 people before 2025 and then a million by 2020, 30, man. So cool. So cool.
1: Love it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for being here today. I wanted, and I want to say, John, thanks for stopping by, The dropping the comments, Henry. Uh, and we got two Johns here today. But Paul, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today, your perspectives on on your peripheral thinking, your history, and just letting us know a few ways that we might be able to become a disruptor and not be one of the disrupted.
1: Right on. My pleasure. It truly is. And, and Damien, I just anytime you want to do this, I love just talking with you. So. Uh, book it on the calendar and let's talk again
0: (laughs) we we will we will make this happen again paul hang out just a moment i want to say everyone that's listening thank you for being here today it is so cool that you guys are uh, uh, guys and gals are listening dropping questions in dropping the comments it's it's just love it that you're here and enjoying this with us hang out paul we'll talk and finish up after this have a great rest of your week everyone Cheers,